to the Frankly Speaking Podcast, Friends of Europe's weekly broadcast on European and world affairs. Today we are discussing the topic of womanity, which is an opportunity to redefine what it is that women and girls can contribute to social progress and equality. Recorded on International Women's Day, this podcast focuses on a discussion between our chief spokesperson, Darmendra Kanani, and Zarifa Ghaffari, the founder of Assistance and Promotion for Afghan Women, APAW, as well as the former mayor of Maiden Shah. This discussion will focus on the vital role that women can play in Afghanistan to promote gender equality and human rights in a country that has been marred by conflict and instability. We hope you enjoy. Good morning and a very warm welcome to all of you who are watching and listening. It gives me great pleasure to be in the company of someone who has caught the imagination of the world um, and our screens through a documentary specifically commissioned about her life in, in her hands. Uh, Zarifa Ghaffari, uh, uh, I'm sure I pronounced that name wrong, uh, incorrectly, but I shouldn't, uh, being, a, you know, being an Indian. But it's a great pleasure to have uh, Zarifa with me on this uh, short Critical Thinking Live about her experiences. Um, we get the opportunity to be able to ask questions about motivations and what International Women's Day means to her. Zarifa, it's very good to have you with us. Um, it's not often you get the opportunity to meet someone who's been the eye of the storm of history, someone who has been in the front line of a, of a time in which we have seen history change fundamentally, especially the outcomes of a nation that has for a long time been um, coveted, uh, danced with, uh, invaded in various ways and ruled over for many, many decades. Um, Zarifa, tell us, one of the things that, that stuck out for me in, in the documentary, the Netflix documentary, in her, in, her, in her hands, you make a statement that says, um, I decided to enter the storm. What were you thinking when you said that? And what, did, did you understand what that meant for you and what that might mean for your life? Just let us understand what you meant by that. Um, thank you so much. It's uh, definitely a pleasure being here and talking to you uh, on, on this uh, important topic uh, actually the the thing is that uh, I feel coming from a country like Afghanistan living the life there and then rise, raising up there growing up there knowing about all up and downs knowing about your lives and the experiences around your own lives life and then you know knowing about the history of your country studying the going to university exploring more not in not just for women rights for humanity but for historical changes of, around your country for the decades and decades of war and and then conflict but beside that knowing about that how strong are not only women but men and children and everything of that country to still resist to still exist i feel like uh, that that knowledge that education that itself gives uh, you know a power of, of still resist a power to still commit uh, uh, and then that's why i feel uh, i say that word uh, that sentence and I, I i just not say that i i mean it because um, it was not just a word for me and it's still not just a word for me i started working 
on social level since like so younger age, so younger age. I'm 28 and uh, I have been working as a man. I have been working uh, as mm -hmm. a human rights activist, as a par uh, youth parliament member, having my organization, having dozens of like my book, my documentary. I did my university masters and bachelor. I did my school mm -hmm. and all these years, like I have been always on ground. So, you know, being, you know, I want to go through this storm. It's, well, it's not just a sentence for me. I, I have been through this storm all the way and I feel like uh, there is a phrase in my language uh, in Afghanistan. We say it like, I will pronounce it like, uh, not word to word, but somehow a sentence wise and meaning wise. It says that if you hug, if you, you know, stay away of a danger of a, you know, a storm or a dangerous thing to you and, you know, just count minutes that maybe it harm me, maybe it will affect me or maybe it will definitely hurt me. So that feeling of, you know, every time thinking about if it comes to me, if it happens to me, that will also, uh, you know, somehow hurts you. But if you just go direct to it and stand there and hang it and like face it, then that's like, if you could, you know, if you succeed, then succeed. If you fail, then fail. But it will just happen in once and, you know, and will give you extra time mm -hmm. to think again, to resist again. So I feel like for me, this is the same thing. I, I, I have to go through this storm if I want to change something. And I feel like it's not just for me, it's for everyone who wants to change things in the world. Thank you for sharing that, Zalifa. Sure. Um, let's turn to why we're here today having this particular conversation on this day, which is International Women's Day. And that's why I, did, I wanted to open up with that comment first, that, that, that what I've noticed in that documentary where you said I wanted to enter the storm. Now let's talk about International Women's Day. Um, we know what's happening to women and girls in Afghanistan. Um, what's been happening for decades, in effect. In effect. Uh, we know it's, uh, like many uh, similar states, are very male-dominated. Um, and many, pe many people will use religion as a uh, rationale for the treatment of women, but you and I both know, and many people, millions, hundreds of millions of people know that there isn't a religion in the world that actually suggests that women should be treated in the way they are being treated today in Afghanistan. When you think about International Women's Day, does it, does it mean anything? When you think about what's happening to women and girls right now in Afghanistan, and here we are in Brussels, um, and the whole world is celebrating International Women's Day, does it have any meaning for you? I already shared my condolences to dozens of my messages uh, from different platforms for the 8th of March to the women of Afghanistan. And I recall that once again, because uh, I feel, you know, it's 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 whatever is happening in Afghanistan. It's a disaster overall, but in the life of women, and and, and like women, you know, regarding women's situation and women's rights, it's it's a must. It's a conflict over conflict. It's a conflict which I, I don't believe the entire world, at least like in 21st century, 
the world is busy in like you know uh, uh, thinking about how to live in Mars and now in the same corner in the same world in another corner of it there is a country where girls are not able to go to school just so primary right so like it's a very big disaster happening there uh, looking at this disaster and back coming out and looking to the international community's behavior to toward this disaster mm. how simply they take it how uh, you know carelessly they behave you know how uh, emotionless they 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 uh, treat they they just put a statements out and like looking at this all and then looking at how amazingly Afghanistan is not anymore headline mm -hmm. of the news is mm -hmm. and it's not an interesting topic mm -hmm. anymore to anyone mm -hmm. everywhere you go you have someone else like another now it is differently it definitely is about Ukraine and Iran and if Afghanistan is in the middle of these two mm -hmm. no one if like you have questions from audience that yeah this is the time for a q a do you have questions no one will ask anything regarding afghanistan ukraine iran ukraine iran why because local people don't hear as much as they need to know about afghanistan anymore because the worst that geopolitics or maybe economical politics or maybe uh, social politics don't like the interest is not anymore in afghanistan so the interests have been shif shifted to Iran and Ukraine anymore. I always like the superpowers' interests. So looking at this, definitely, uh, it will be so hard, and it is so hard, to uh, to, to congratulate women's day to women of Afghanistan. Just looking at this is what. But if you take this day as a celebration, as a day to celebrate, as a day to honor, as a day to um, remember the courage, dignity, commitment, and, and, and uh, level of, of resistance of, of women, then definitely I will congratulate it like with, with humble you know, feeling and, and with greatest proud to women of Afghanistan, because it's been decades and decades and decades. It's all made from Western and Eastern, from inside of Afghanistan, outside of Afghanistan, everyone, from the fathers of the family to the president of the country, to the president of international communities, world powerful countries and communities. They are all made doing things to women of this country. But the woman still resists, the mm. woman still exists, and the woman is still, you know, definitely, there are like, you know, everyone says Afghan women are victims. Yeah, we are victims of bad policies, bad politics, mm -hmm. bad, you know, things happening to my country and my people. But we are symbols, symbols of resistance, symbols of commitment. And I feel like uh, uh, the history of the world is a clear sign for it. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, there's a moment in the, in the, in the documentary of, of, about your experience in her hands where there's a woman who tearfully looks into the camera and says, um, so many of you have been here before and now you've left and nothing has changed. Where are you now? She says. Do you feel fundamentally let down by the West? 
Oh, this woman is no one else uh, than my mother. Um, she is the, the words she used. She says clearly that the international community says we've been to Afghanistan to help. What help? Which help? What happened? What you did? And 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 where is the result? So, yeah, definitely, it's it's not just. Uh, something coming out of my mom's voice or my mouth my mom's mouth or feelings or thoughts as a widow of uh, Afghan army uh, member or as a widow of as a wife of a soldier who served 37 years and then died for nothing for, for just you know the crime of loving his country and serving the country it's not just, you know, it's just one voice, but it represents entire uh, Afghan population, in particular the women of the country, who have been, you know, suffering this, you know, injured pain for decades. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, I always say if the international, you know, there is always this discussion that the international community was there and they paid billions of dollars. Man, if you were paid millions of dollars, we were paying efforts, we paid generation, we paid blood, we paid the struggle. If you were paying money for a project, like construction project, like example, it was me, my brother, my sister, my mom, uncle, my father, walking at the front row, building that street or that building or whatever the construction was for, and then just, there to get like bullets of Taliban on their cheeks, you know, it was not just that, but to all the things, you know, and the biggest example is like, if we can, you know, uh, if you just go and look, uh, if you search and look like international soldiers, there were dozens and hundreds, thousands of them, and then thousands of them in and in Afghanistan, but it was just like not more than 5,000 mm. soldiers being killed. I share the pen, I share my condolences to the families of the soldiers because they were also victims of something which was not their fault, mm. but it was just politics and they have been played in it the way we, but you know, if it was 5,000 entire 20 years, we just in defense ministry we had more than forty thousand recorded soldiers die, mm -hmm. raiders, mm -hmm. like man, and then the same way with the civilians with all the thing. So I feel like uh, it's a it was a biggest it was the biggest mistake uh, at the starting uh, by 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 uh, playing or. or you know, implementing the wrong policy in Afghanistan, bringing previous warlords back to power was the biggest mistake of international community. And if they are doing it once again now, it will be another disaster. It will be another mistake that the history will definitely remember it. Like nowadays we are reading about the history of British Empire uh, or Soviet Empire, and then we are talking about the mistakes and failure. The same will remain and that we but i'm sure this will remain more you know uh perfectly with all the proofs and any everything than the ones we have it from previous history 
So, uh, yeah, definitely it's a, uh, you know, uh, a big, big mistake from that starting, the international community's involvement in Afghanistan, mm -hmm. uh, investing dozens of money, like for nothing, for nothing, uh, by the name of, like, there was dozens of money coming in by the name of support to women's rights. Mm -hmm. And if you were like, you know, going to just investigate where this money is going through or where it goes, those some organizations taking this money like a, for a project mm -hmm. by the name of giving, spreading awareness for women's rights. So what they were doing, they were just collecting girls or women from universities and colleges and schools to give them lectures about women's rights. Man, they were studying in university and college and schools. You don't need to teach them women's rights go and teach women rights to those women who are living in villages who doesn't know about anything. Mm. So this, like starting from this point to any adult, like mm. to the level of construction, to the level of investments, those dozens of dollars and money coming in, mm -hmm. but we still had in that basic infrastructures in Afghanistan. We still have it. We still just eight hours by drive from Kabul city. There is a village in Wardak province where more than 300 family lives. And it's the central for three more villages. So it's four villages having just one side center of health here where a widow, mm -hmm. uh, where just midwife is the, the, the in charge of this center mm -hmm. and just is able to give just paracetamol or maybe you know, some primarily uh, healthcare services mm -hmm. to you. And there ha is no girls' school. Mm -hmm. Maidan Sher was the capital of the largest province, Wardak, and it was the gateway to another eight, seven, eight provinces from central of the Kabul. And it's just so like 25 or 50 or sure. but it's like 30, 35 minutes of uh, drive from Kabul. But the entire this capital mm. had just one uh, high school for girls, just one, mm. uh, with eight or seven classrooms. So this all from that time until like negotiation with Taliban. Mm. Like who the hell, I, I'm sorry for my language, but it's like who the hell they want to sign a deal with the killers who were like standing there in front of me and killing me and then you're coming in and signing a deal and then like letting everything go. Why? You know? You, so uh, yeah. from there to this, uh -huh. everything was a message. Mm -hmm. Everything. And uh, I'm so happy mm -hmm. my mom had this chance to say it. There are dozens of women that they want to say it the same, uh, but they don't have the chance, but yeah, the words are same. Absolutely. You say some powerful things about, you know, learning that actually the West and others should take about the money that is placed into conflict, war zones or development aid. And it's shocking what you're saying, that even after, you know, decades of involvement from the West, you, you describe the situation in a, in, a, in, a, in a municipality where you were the youngest mayor in Afghanistan, that we still have that. We know today um, since the West evacuated, if you call it that, that Europe, both at the European level, but also member states, have pulled together nearly a billion euros worth of support and aid. What's your message to them in terms of how they should do this 
differently and better so that we don't in 10 years time still have you sitting here saying there's only one medical center that covers multiple villages in Afghanistan. Yeah, uh, when we talk about this uh, masses and, and, and uh, corruption and evil thing in Afghanistan, mostly people blames every, like put the blame every, like all the blame in the shoulder of uh, government of Afghanistan and then the president and few more people. But I don't, I don't do that. Not being so much, uh, you know, uh, wrong about it, so clear cut, I will say it. It was not it was the corruption was started from the day donor at the top level were you know say talking about any project so the donors were the biggest corrupt guys at the front and then these others were like back to back to the step to last steps so and if we uh, continue doing it mm -hmm. the same way i feel we will feel the same way I, I, I think the best way, and I always suggest, is the best way is to support people on the ground directly, or, and in particularly women. Mm -hmm. Because women are not Taliban, not Daesh, not Republic. They're just the women of that country. Indeed. They have been always part of the, the good things to that country, but not the conflicts of that country. So we, and they have never been part of corruption in that country. Not 20 years ago, not now, and not in, in, in uh, 30 or 40 years ago. So it was all, we need to invest on them. We needed to invest on young generation. We need to give them opportunity. We need them to give platform. And more importantly, why not, we, like, you know, why we are wasting money for, for online education? Like, uh, well, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's good, it's perfect. But, you know, when you go to that basic infrastructures, mm -hmm. it is something that you use dozens of money for something which will not last more than a month. Why not to build factories? Why not to give long-term projects? Mm -hmm. Why not to build in like something basic if we want to help women and people in Afghanistan and then entirely the Afghan community. So I feel like there are two, three things that are the most, uh, definitely the education is the basic thing. We need to invest on education, but not education online. Uh, the education need to, because online education will more, you know, give this uh, feeling or feeling uh, to, to the ones who stops, uh, stop women mm -hmm. from going to school that yeah guys continue doing this mm -hmm. it will benefit us as well but the guys they will do this thing mm -hmm. so uh, i don't want that because school have to be open mm -hmm. university have to be open doesn't matter how many more platforms are there so this is the basic thing and then definitely we need to invest on job uh, opportunities for women mostly we need to invest on uh, basic structures inside Afghanistan. We need to, Afghanistan is the most wealthiest country. Uh, when you look at it, like mm -hmm. entire world, Indeed. I feel. Yes. But, but, but still the poorest one. Why? Because we got no chance and no one helped us mm -hmm. to bring that gold of us out of, you know, the mines that we have. So I need, I think that's the important thing. Okay. We need to invest on the right ways to directly involve with the specific active personalities, persons and organizations in Afghanistan. And if we are going to 
these circles and circles and circles, we are once again, and if it's like from $10, we will be just able to, you know, uh, uh, da, 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 use. Mm -hmm. I don't believe it will be more than $1 on so, the ground. Exactly. Zarifa, thank you for that. In the time that we've got left, I want to touch upon a couple of more issues. I want to go back to you becoming the youngest mayor, um, one of the very few women um, in the, in the political infrastructure, if I can call it that, of Afghanistan. Tell us a little bit about what motivated you to get to that point and how did you create the support, especially amongst men as well as women, for you to become the youngest mayor in Afghanistan? Oh, uh, definitely it has been the hardest challenge I have ever uh, had in my life. It mm. was the hardest job I ever had in my life and the hardest task I did it uh, I done it but um, uh, but it was a beautiful thing because mm -hmm. I feel the most important one was the you know uh, was believing myself that I could do it and then uh, pushing myself not giving up the commitment the resistance and the knowledge of, of the situation was important uh, that I believe you know was the main point secondly it was uh, uh, knowledge of how important it is to have this engagement in, in such a society to prove not only myself as a young, uh, you know, educated lady, but uh, to prove women mm -hmm. as a power for the country, to prove women and their power, their commitment and their resistance despite all the risks, challenges and losses. Uh, so I feel these what you know these are the two great reasons that could make you do anything mm. anything uh, but for me at the starting point mayorship was nothing like something I wanted mm -hmm. it was just my the guy who is now having the pleasure of being my life partner and my husband mm -hmm. uh, he <laughs> he asked me for like you know just try it once so I just went for just a try so on this and occasion then, it was a man behind a woman rather than a woman behind uh, a man uh, yeah uh, and he was like you know just try and then i was like uh, that time we just knew each other and we would start the newly mm -hmm. business partnership for my radio station so then uh, you know uh, after some time i realized that there are activities happening around mm -hmm. to to break me down mm -hmm. and it's all main and the words they were putting back it was like she is characterless, she is a young girl, yeah. she is, <laughs> uh, you know, foreign agent, she have been having dozens of boyfriends yes. in India and so, like, so, like, mindless and illogical stuff. And then I realized, like, let's, let's show them, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. they can defeat me with these things. Mm -hmm. It's like old policy. Indeed. Uh, so, and not working with me. So then mayorship became like a patient and a go, and I was like, yeah, if I'm working in government one day, this is the job I want. This Excellent. is the position I want. So that's how it started. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, despite all the losses and all the difficulties, it's ha it has been and it will be the the, the, the amazing uh, time period of my life where I, I feel like if I am a complete Afghan young girl, it's because of the period I've been mm -hmm. as a, working as a mayor. 
We're living through a time, um, and often from us, from our point of view, we've described, as Friends of Europe described, that this early part of the century should be a century about women in the way that the last century and the Western world has been more dominated by men. By men. Um, we've seen women like you enter politics and positions of relative power, but we've also seen, just in these past six months, uh, prime ministers or first ministers resigning, women who have felt that actually they need to leave politics because it's uh, not for them, or they've, they've got private reasons to leave, but we're losing. Jacinda Ahern from New Zealand. We've lost the first minister uh, in Scotland, for example, Nicola Sturgeon. Two very powerful leaders amongst many others. Um, what's your message to um, women and girls out there in the world um, about the world of politics and why it's important or not? If we want to change not only things for ourselves, but for our next generation, you know, we need to step out and take the route and take the, the, the lead position and run it ourselves. Doesn't matter, it starts from voting to, to be present on a top level of decision making. And it, it's only possible if we believe ourselves, if we don't give up, if we have the commitment, trust, and, and, and that, that love to the, and patience to the thing, to the issues, and to the matters we believe on. So I, 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 my, my message is so clear to every woman out there. Trust yourself, guys. Be the real ones, whoever you are. Accept yourself with all failures and all achievements. You are the best, always, always, and always. You are the one who can change. You are the one who can make change, who can bring change, who can change the changes the way that the world needs it. You're, a woman is not just a woman, a mom, a sister, a daughter, a friend, a wife. You are one, but in dozen of, of, of personalities that you carry with yourself. So you can change things more better than a man who's just a man, mostly. <laughs> well done, Zarif. Thank you very much on that note. There's a one final question, because I, people would say you should end on that, on that note. And uh, that was brilliant. And it was important that you said that those, those messages of self-esteem and self-belief are absolutely important for everybody, but in particular women. Um, you've spoken about how the spotlight moves on. You know, we've seen conflicts move on. One of our messages around the Ukraine war is don't let it become uh, a norm that do not normalize the Ukraine war, because if we do, we'll have another conflict that will just go to the side. My question to you is, what's your message? to politicians, journalists, women politicians, women journalists out there in the media, internationally, the ambassadors that are women, um, uh, that are in the world at the moment, who are in and around Afghanistan, what's your message to them? My message to all the politicians, to everyone involved in Afghanistan, to decision makers, to policy makers, and to, to the ones who are sitting at the top to decide for the next future, please don't don't seek, first, don't seek difference in the color of blood of Afghan citizens and others, other human beings all around the world. We are same human beings. We hurt as much as you hurt. The Ukrainian, Ukraine war is so clear example. You have this war since maybe a decade, but we suffered war for decades in Afghanistan. 
more than six decades regularly we have this war and conflict in Afghanistan and millions of widows and, and, and orphans and, and uh, marriages. So first of all, this is so important. Secondly, the important topic is Afghanistan is not a project, not short term, not long term. Afghanistan is a country with beautiful history, mm. with beautiful, colorful culture, tradition, values, dozens of, 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 of tribes, dozens of languages coming together, which is all the flowers of this beautiful garden coming together, making the history of the world complete in every corner. The peace of the world complete in every corner and from the every corner. So I feel Afghanistan need to be treated as an equal member of this world community. And the world, the politician, even one, it's not a place where you guys could uh, just, uh, you know, use it to experiment, like to, to just do your power experiments there. It's not a place where you guys could just use it when you need, when your power need, when you seek your benefit in. It's a country. The people of that country are humans. And the last thing I believe is important. The war in Ukraine is like, I, I hear a lot to let's not keep it that way because it will, you know, be normal and don't normalize it. Guys, you normalize it in Afghanistan since decades. How, how you can ask now that don't normalize it? You did it. So at least now, uh, when you, the war is just here in your house and you realize how important it is to not normalize it, please help countries like Afghanistan, like Iran, like all other conflict zones, Syria and so many more. To, to come out of this conflict and, 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 and be normal because, you know, 9-11, no one forgets. Uh, it, Afghanistan and Pakistan is so far from America, but it happened because you guys started normalizing things in Afghanistan by creating Mujahideen and then Taliban and then again bringing Taliban back to power. And now you guys are lobbying like kind of starting things around Daesh as well. So please don't. Zarif Akhavali, thank you very much for joining us. You must it's been be. a real pleasure. It's, it's not often you do. One gets to meet someone who's been where you've been and also come through it and being able to tell your story because we know there's been uh, threats on your life. You've survived so much. Um, you are uh, a model, but an icon for many, many uh, who are thinking about, looking at, wanting to, Thing, make change happen. Thank you for spending your time and being so frank and honest with us. Uh, it's, it's been a real pleasure. And I just hope, you know, we, we wish you well. And I just hope, as you say, let us not all of us, let us all remember what the stakes are and what the lesson is for humanity for doing what we do to normalize things that happen in places like Afghanistan, Ukraine, Syria, and elsewhere. But thank you for sharing the message about women. Thank um, you so much as well. Thank you for having me. It's been a, a great pleasure talking to you and uh, definitely speaking uh, from the, the deep of my heart about so many important topics.
Thank you very much. You're most welcome. Colleagues, thank you for watching and listening. Um, this was a special hashtag Womanity uh, branding for our International Women's Day um, events, as well as articles and other uh, things on our website. So please do visit our website for more information on what we're, what we're saying. We've brought the voices of many women to our website and uh, to, as we have today with Zarifa, to talk about the meaning of International Women's Day. Thank you. Uh, take care, mind your distance, and thank you, Zarifa, for being with us. You're thank most you welcome. Much. Thank you. That's it for this Frankly Speaking podcast. Consider subscribing to our newsletter or joining us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And don't forget to tune in again this time next week.